I don't know why I'm preaching this sermon this morning. I, I have no idea <clears throat> why, but it was on my heart so strongly. And I want to do that. Now, Paul is writing to the Corinthians here. He's writing. We have to uh, realize Paul, the apostle. Uh, most of you know who Paul was, wrote most of the New Testament. Um, he was a brilliant scholar, uh, really high up in the Jewish ranks. And God just like smacked him. Bam! You know, knocked him off his donkey right out of his Corvette. <laughs> and uh, actually, it may have been a Volkswagen Golf. I don't know. But <laughs> and radically saved him. And uh, he was persecuting the church. And Jesus makes an interesting statement. He says, Paul, why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute me? We are his body. We are his body. We're important to him, each and every one of us. Now, as saved, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we've been given a new life. We've been given a new way to walk. Old has passed away, right? Behold, New has come, or all things have become new, depending on the translation you're reading. But there's this guy, and I want to read a story. There's this guy in, in the Corinthian church that really is misbehaving. He's just, he's not living in his new identity. Let me put it that way. Are you with me? Now, all of us have had incidences or periods of time or something where we really weren't living honest let's be honest with ourselves really not living in the new life that we've been given that was purchased for us and given to us you know as we believe because of the cross so you know there are times like the girls um how many enjoyed the the ballet thing? oh my goodness Yes. And I just want to interject this. Don't lose where I was. Uh, well, maybe I should tell myself that. Um, <laughs> uh, they were blessed, blessed monetarily. And they were blessed when they walked in here. They just said, man, we just sense the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm saying, amen, God. You know, amen. And uh, and they shared their gift, their gifts, and the word with us in, in such a great way. One of the things that one of the gals says was about the measuring stick. How many remember the measuring stick picture? Oh, man. You know, Satan gives us a measuring stick. We give ourselves measuring sticks. We allow other people in, you know, whether it's someone we read or someone we see or or perhaps perhaps our own family or a teacher or a coach or something. And they give us measuring sticks and we're realizing that, hey, man, I am not measuring up. In fact, I can't measure up to all this. And so many people just throw away the whole thing. And it's like my dad said before he got before he was saved, before he got saved. How you want to say it? He was pretty radically saved. Um, 
He said, you know, he says, I know I'm going to hell. So I'm going to live it up. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to, you know, is that right, Mom? And uh, I have to double check, you know. Make sure my references are accurate. Um, but then, then the Lord said to me, he realized, hey, it's not being, about being good or bad, good enough to get to heaven or bad enough, you know, to go to hell. It's about believing in Jesus or not believing in Jesus. It's about life and death. You know, choose life. Choose you this day whom you'll serve, right? The whole thing of choice in the scripture is huge, huge. Not by the will of God, or not by the I'm sorry, not by the will of man, or by the, but by God's will. He says, you know, I'm going to give you these two choices. This is God, the sovereign God, gives us. He says, I'm going to give you two choices: life, death. Choose life. Yeah, he's like, he's like, come on, man, choose life. Come on now, come on. This is a good idea. And then he. Made the way for us to make that choice through Jesus Christ. Amen. That's huge. Now we're born again. We're new creatures. We have an opportunity. We have choices every day. We have multiple choices every day. It's almost like choose you this moment (laughs) whom you will serve. Well, this guy, as many of us, chose some some dumb, you know? He just, he just did. So here we go. I'm going to read it. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. This is today's English version. I, I read it in a lot of versions. I didn't like any of them. <laughs> I did. But parts were better in others, but I didn't, I didn't break it all up. Now, it is actually being said that there is sexual immorality. Now, he's talking to, to church people here. All right? It's like, John, you've never talked about this stuff. Well, maybe it's about time. Now, it's actually being said that there is sexual immorality among you so terrible that not even... Paul, you Mr. Grace, what are you saying this? We've got to fit all this together, y'all. There is sexual immorality among you so terrible that not even the heathen would be guilty of it. What? I am told that a man is sleeping, and that doesn't mean just getting a good night's sleep. Is sleeping with his stepmother. Oh, boy. What's that you say, Mrs. Robinson? Anyway, um... Sleeping with his stepmother. Now, this is not just a story. This is real. This, this, this is real. This really happened. It happens today, among other horrendous things. And the truth is, some of us have participated in some horrendous stuff. And I want to tell you that this is not to heap guilt on you. This is a sermon of hope. Are you with me? There are things that 
I and many of you don't want anybody to know about. Brett Kavanaugh. Who knows? Don't go back into my high school and college days. Pretty please. Right? So there is, a, there is an issue that we, we can't just sweep under the rug. We can't just pretend like it doesn't exist. And for many of us, we need to be set free. Because what happens is, you, you make a mistake. You're disobedient. You sin. Which sin is just basically not living the way the God who created you designed you to live. That's sin. It's transgression of the law. The law is how God set it up. This is the way a refrigerator works. If you use it for anything but to keep things cold, it is sin. Are, are, you see what I'm saying? We've got to see sin differently. Some of us need to see sin differently. It, it, it's, just, it's simply God saying it, it will work this way. I did not create life to be lived this way by you. You're designed to do it differently. And this will produce blessing and good things and health and life and hope. And this will kill you. Right? Don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is dissipation. That's King James. That's, that means that your life just flitters away. It just va- vanishes like a vapor. But be filled, be drunk, be overwhelmed, be saturated with the Holy Spirit. That's the way it works. The other is sin. Not because somebody needs to be able to point a finger at you and say, oh, you sinner. You know, you're really screwing up. No, it's so that God can say, this is not the way I designed things to be. This is not where life comes from. This is where life comes from. Are you with me? Okay. I'm just, this is the way I think. Uh, so, this guy is not doing it right. Hebrews says, the marriage bed undefiled. Um, it's like, there's a place. It's like, oh, you're having sex? Yes! With my wife! Where God made it. To be experienced and enjoyed. So you don't just throw sex out the window. No, you just do it the way God designed. And he can bless it. And when we do it in any other way, which there are... (laughs) There's like myriad ways, right? There are like lots and lots of ways to do it wrong. Lots. But there's one way to do it right. That's God's way. That's where the blessing is. That's where the joy is. And when we do it right, it's not so we can say, oh, you're doing it wrong, you, you know. It's so that we can say, hey, God wants to bless you. God wants you to be free from bondages and the, and the pain and the, the repercussions, you know, from the headache and the hangover. From the, and now with opioids, you know, man, it's so dangerous, so dangerous, so dangerous. And it's like we can't, we can't just say, 
it's, it's, it's really hard to, to, to convey. But we're not trying to tell anybody that we hate them. We're not trying to tell anybody. I'm not trying to tell anybody that, wow, you, you know, you, you're, you're doomed. I mean, it's like you're, what you're doing is wrong. Well, yes, it is. But it's not wrong because it's just not right. And if it's not right, it's wrong. If it's not the truth, then it's a lie. And Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. No, there's, no, there's no other way. And so all the other ways that say, oh, you're judging me. Oh, you're judging me. Well, maybe some of us are judging and, and stop it. But what we really want to say is, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ways thereof are death. But there is a way, and his name is Jesus, and he will take you from death to life. That's the message. That's the hope. That's the word. That's what we want to share with the world. The world that's right next to us. At the ball game. Right? Right? The, wor- the world that's in our family. That doesn't know yet know Jesus. Just like Paul. Why are you persecuting me? Jesus says to him. So, this is, this is the heart. This is the, the posture that Paul holds. This is the platform from which he speaks. And he says, he's sleeping with his stepmother. And he says he's a believer. He's among you. He's fellowshipping with you. What, what do you do? How then can you be proud? On the contrary, you should be filled with sadness. And the man who has done such a thing should be expelled from your fellowship. Y'all, that is so hard. Especially for a mercy person. <laughs> But listen to Paul's reasoning. Don't stop there. Keep going and understand Paul's reasoning. Yeah, for, for these these actions that he that he's suggesting that the church in Corinth take. And even though I am far away from you in body, I'm still there with you in spirit, and as though. I were there with you. I have in the same, in the name. All right, let me read that again. That's a big one. That's a Paul sentence. You know what I'm saying? You know, it goes like the whole chapter. And then, and even though I am far away from you in body, still I am there with you in spirit. And as though I were there with you, I have in the name of the Lord Jesus already passed judgment on the, what? And I tried to read it in some other translations. It would be a little softer. Uh Uh-oh. Eh, one much softer. I have already passed judgment on the man who has done this terrible thing. As you meet together and I meet with you in spirit by the power of our Lord Jesus present with us, you are to hand, watch this, you are to hand this man over to Satan for his body, and other translations say flesh, for his flesh to be destroyed Oh, that sounds so awful. 
But listen to the rest of it. So that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord or the day of judgment. I want to read that again because that's where the emphasis needs to be. Now, you have some very dogmatic. Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, judgmental. There's another word. Um, what? Legalistic. Thank you very much. Um, leanings that w- that would say just stop right there, you know, but you can't stop right there because that's not the reason. That's just the method. Here's the reason so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord of the day of judgment. That's what we want. We want that for everyone. We want we want you to be saved. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why it says about the Lord. His patience is not like we think, his slowness is not like we think of slowness, but it's slowness, but it's patience because his desire is that every man come to the knowledge of the truth. And what's the, well, who's the truth? Jesus. So God is being patient. It's like, God, how can you let this craziness go on for so long? It's like, I just, I just want to hold out a little longer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I don't know, you know, how how strongly Calvin you are or strongly Armenian or whatever or anywhere in between. Or there are a lot more people that propose a lot of other things and similar things than just Calvin and Arminius. But so this is this is the platform from which we all should respond to disobedience and to sin in the camp. In, in our, you know, it's a love thing. It is a it is a posture of love and care. So go. I want you to uh, continue with me. That's that's the basic story. But in Second Corinthians five ten said, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. I don't fully understand that. But then go on down to verse 14 and 15, verses 14, 15. For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded, this is what this is born again. This is the same church that he said, you know, just you're going to have to turn him over. You're going to have to turn him over so that his flesh or his body may be destroyed. So that his spirit may be saved in the day of judgment, in the day of the Lord. So he says, in the meantime, for the love of Christ controls us or constrains us, having concluded this, that one died for all. Therefore, all died and he died for all Jesus so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf, on your behalf. Jesus, who died and rose again. That's who we live for. That's how we live. And because he died and we died with him and rose with him, that's how we can. Then going down to verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a believer, he is a new creature. And the love of Christ controls them, right? The old things 
passed away, behold, new things have come. New American Standard. Slip on down to verse 21. Are you with me? I'm just, I'm just picking little pieces because the other stuff has other themes. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, verse 21, in today's English version. Christ was without sin. But for our sake, God made him share our sin or made him sin. In order that in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. Yeah. 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 So this ought to look like something. Our lives ought to look like something. Will we make mistakes? Probably. You know? Probably. I don't want to put it on anybody, like curse somebody and say, you're going to make mistakes. You know? But you probably, maybe, don't be surprised if you do. (laughs) But this is the truth. Christ was without sin, but for our sake, God made him sin, made him share our sin. I know I'm reading it again. In order that in union with him, in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. So there is a judgment. You know, it's appointed to every man wants to die and then the judgment. I mean, it's coming. And so Paul is saying about this guy, hey, he messed up. Yes, he messed up. But turn him over to Satan so to destroy the flesh, destroy, you know, I I didn't do it. Tommy, do a a major research on that and and get back with me. (laughs) Um, That smile says, do your own research, John. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Actually, I don't know what he's thinking. Um, If I did, I'd be God, right? Uh, So this thing is happening. But the love that Paul has for Jesus, the church, and even this man. Says, turn him over so that his spirit or his soul. I learned it soul, but I couldn't find it. Might be saved in this day. Then jump back a little bit to 2 Corinthians 2. And I want you to see how this turns out. Because it looks really harsh. It looks difficult. But we're talking about somebody that they're, they're, he had relationship with, with, the, with the body of Christ. <laughs> and a little bit too much relationship with his stepmother. Second Corinthians two, six through eight. Watch this. Sufficient for this is a, this is a letter right after letter one, letter two. Sufficient for such a one is this punishment which was inflicted by the majority. That's some heavy wording. So that on the contrary, you should rather Forgive and comfort him. Wow. It sounds like to me that somewhere along the line, because they had enough love, 
to turn this one over. That somewhere along the line, he recognized and repented. You can extend forgiveness, but no one can receive it unless they repent. Is that true? So, apparently this person repented. Repentance is key. It's key. But it's kindness of God that brings us to repentance. So, is everybody, is everybody with me? It's a great story, isn't it? It's a great story. It's challenging to us. But verse 7. So that on the contrary, you should rather forgive and not only forgive, but comfort. Comfort him. Now, there are going to be some good churchgoers that are going to say, what? 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 Well, I would say, yay. You know, yay. Good. This is God. Forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, such a one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Yeah, but he deserves it. (laughs) Yeah, we all deserve, you know. But the Lord has given us grace through his son, Jesus Christ. He took our sin upon himself so that we might have the righteousness of God. Even this guy. Even this, some of us would say sicko. But let me tell you, he's no sicker than any of us. <laughs> Nor is he any more forgiven <laughs> or less forgiven. And so after repentance, we extend forgiveness and comfort. And we should be poised and ready. And hopeful that we have that opportunity to extend forgiveness because there's been repentance. Are you with me? We ought to be hopeful and praying that we have that opportunity and be ready to comfort, to encourage, to lift up, to support. And yes, even have lunch with. Otherwise, one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. That is not the ministry of Jesus. Right? Ministry of Jesus is hope. Wherefore, I urge you. I love it. He repeats it. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. Not only forgive and comfort, but reaffirm. Make it. Audible. Send a note. If you know how to use Facebook, I don't know. Send on Facebook. But make sure that we take this step. That we're not guilty of taking the step of putting someone else, putting someone out. What do they call that? Disfellowship. Uh, there's another word. Huh? Shun. But it's a it's a technical word. Huh? Excommunicate. Yeah. That was the one. But that we are as eager, hopefully more so, to reaffirm our love 
For his, now, I don't know why I preached this sermon this morning. I have no idea. I don't know which one of you is for. I don't, I don't know if it's to prepare. I, mean, I think it's probably twofold. It's probably someone in here needs to know that they can be forgiven. They need to know. You need to know. The God loves you more than anything. So much that he gave Jesus. But he also loves you so much that he wants you to, wants to deliver you out of that bondage. Are you with me? And then he's speaking to the rest of us who have never sinned. <laughs> that we need to remember that this is that disfellowship. Or removing yourself from someone is not to prove a point. It's not to show how holy we are. But instead, it's an act of sacrifice and service to that person. And we should always be so ready, poised, if you will. Prayerful, right? You know, interceding for that person. That in fact... His soul or his spirit might be saved in the day of judgment. And hopefully, like this guy, before that, right? Right? On the contrary, you should rather forgive and comfort. Otherwise, such a one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. Father, 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 set the captive free, we ask. We pray. For you to set the captive free. Father, we pray that you would give us wisdom in how to behave toward disobedience, toward unchristlike behavior, that we would understand how to love this way. And that, Father, you would fill us so full of your love, your mercy, your grace, that we are. On pins and needles waiting for the opportunity to forgive and restore. To reaffirm our love for someone who's struggling. Making some bad choices. Little bad choices, big bad choices, just bad choices. And Father, I pray that if there's a person in this room who feels the conviction of your Holy Spirit... That they would sense your love, be drawn to a place of repentance, and walk in newness of life, and know the comfort of their Heavenly Father, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Your presence is heaven to me. And God, continue to train us that we might be a church that looks like you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. And that's why we say, love one another. Amen. God bless.